Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And welcome to Streets Ahead, your podcast dedicated to all things cycling, walking and wheeling in the UK and beyond. I'm Laura Laker. And welcome to this special episode in which it's just me, my suitcase and one amazing guest, sat on a bench in the middle of one of the city's famous superblocks. There's also extra bonus content on our new Patreon. So that's right, if you want ad-free listening, behind the scenes and bonus content, and to help support the podcast, head to patreon.com slash streetsaheadpodcast. We'll even send you some stickers. So in late 2023, I travelled to Barcelona by train from London. I was curious about the Superblocks programme, which you may already know involves some of the city's streets being pedestrianised, leaving others as thoroughfares for motor traffic and introducing things like green space and seating to the inner roads. Starting in 2022, streets in the Aichampol district were transformed for walking and cycling with a focus on cutting air pollution, overheating in summer and improving accessibility. On those streets, people can drive in and out, but through traffic is discouraged. While I was there, I met Mark Neuenhausen, a researcher and professor in urban and transport planning, environment and health. Mark has quantified in his research the toll that poor urban and transport planning has on the environment and health, and some of it's pretty scary. But Mark was a delight to interview, and I'm excited to share this episode with you. So this, to me, is the sound of Barcelona. Even on a quiet street, which this one isn't actually. This is the sound of my suitcase on the tiny little pavements. Kind of like chocolate squares. The rubbers come off my suitcase wheels and um, I am basically the noisiest thing in Barcelona. So I'm uh, on uh, Carrera de Sant Antoni, Antoni, on what we would consider a traditional kind of tactical urbanism 
street, what would have been four lanes of traffic, looks like two going one way, two going the other, is now closed to through traffic. What you can hear is a queue of traffic crossing the wide street on a single lane, one way road, sort of narrow little thing. And I'm in the, uh, the crossroads. But yeah, there's really massive plant pots with trees in them, just sort of shoved over to one side of the road. There's some temporary looking tables and chairs by what looks like a kind of cafe magazine kiosk in a shipping container there's a couple of those it's a pretty long street established plane trees on one side um, but there's people sitting it's uh, people walking it's very much a people street and um, tactical urbanism if you don't know is just where you take cheap materials and you um, pop them in the street remove the traffic and see what happens it's a bit of an experiment which then leads to more permanent changes improvements if you want to call them that so what happened in New York under Jeanette Sadiqa and Mayor Bloomberg when they pedestrianised Times Square. This was the kind of materials they used. And this taken off all over the world. Uh, Tell me how to pronounce your name. Neuhausen. Neuha- Mark Neuhausen. Neuhausen. Easy. Yeah, that's easy. Neuhausen. Neuhausen. Yeah, yeah. And um, we are here in the heart of the... Example. 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 Area, um, area. I know, not easy. Good <laughs> Catalan, but or if you want to do it in Castellanos, a chancha. A chancha. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was wandering around here and then trying to pronounce the names, just sort of talking to the, just observing what was happening, and I kept trying to pronounce some street names, and I'm sure yeah, I yeah. sounded like Del Pronunciation is also not very good. Because eh? you're Dutch, but you've I'm been Dutch. here 15 years. Yeah, so yeah, no, 16 years, 70 16? years almost. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Catalan and Spanish. And you are a... A researcher, professor in urban and transport planning, environment and health. So I'm very much interested in what are the health impacts of our current urban and transport planning practices in cities, how it affects environmental exposures, how it affects uh, health, um, what is the impact, you know, how many people die as a result, how many people get ill as a result... Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, there's still quite a lot, in particular in a city like Barcelona. Yes, yes. And you, yeah, you've, um, I think you've said that something like 7% of premature mortality is a result of air pollution in Barcelona. Something yeah. like that, yeah. Altogether, we've got, uh, we did some estimation and about 20% of uh, mortality, what we see here, around 3,000 deaths, are a result of what I call poor urban and transport planning right so, so that's air pollution uh, yeah that's air pollution the lack of green space because you know the cars take up so much space mm. that you don't have enough green space noise uh, urban heat talent effects mm-hmm. because you know the center is much warmer than surrounding areas yeah. and then also the lack of physical activity yeah physical activity is extremely important for people for physical health for yeah. mental health so you know when people can't go out cycle walk etc then often it's difficult to to get to the right levels of physical activity so people talk about incidental exercise or activity the kind of stuff that you do on a day-to-day basis you don't necessarily have to think about no that's right i mean that you know if you cycle to work or to your shops or you walk etc you get quite a bit of physical activity and that may be already enough actually to um, you know for your the daily recommendations that the world health organization uh, gives so yeah uh, but often you know people don't have the opportunity to do that i mean now here in barcelona it's 
to some extent possible. It's a compact city. Quite a lot of people walk or take public transport, which also involves some walking. But then there are still a lot of people that actually rely on the car. And, you know, they sit at home, watch the TV, uh, step in the car, go to work, sit at their desk the whole day and go back in the car. Mm. Often too much work, no time to do physical activity. Mm. That's why I always say, you know, build it into your daily life. Yeah. Get your bicycle, cycle. I mean, the best if you can cycle half an hour to your work, half an hour back. I mean, that. If it goes up a little bit, a little hill, even better. Get your uh, heartbeat <laughs> up. Uh, yeah. Very good for you. Very, uh, very important for health. That, yeah. Uh, and it's most, it's mostly flat Barcelona, but but there is uh, Monjuk. Monjuic, yeah, Monjuic. Yeah. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that bad pronunciation. Which I just cycled up, and apparently you run up. Yeah, yeah, I run up. <laughs> I, I go running two, three times per week, and then I run up to the castle. Two, three times a week. Yeah, that's, yeah. A big, that's quite a big hill. <clears throat> oh, yeah, it's nice running. It's, yeah. it's very important. It's very important for my mental health. Uh, it clears my brain. I think I can recommend it to anyone. Wow. If you're working too much to do and mm-hmm. then, you know, you go running and then at once it clears up your brain. Wonderful. Yeah. The world looks so different after <laughs> a run. The legs are quite tired, but, uh, you know, the brain is, is clear. I mean, that's, that's, that's important for me. Yeah, yeah. In particular, because I've got a desk job. I work at a computer. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and everyone needs to have this kind of physical activity, yeah. this kind of doing something. I mean, that... Yeah. Uh, and, and so that's for me it's, it's very nice and the Montjuic is very good we also have Colserola on the other side I don't know if you've been to the Carreter de las Aguas that runs along um, Colserola it's a path of about 10 kilometers you can also cycle or oh, walk okay. you have a beautiful view over Barcelona I mean it's the best way to see uh, Barcelona go up with the bike or walk and then uh, you know you get your physical activity while at the same time having a beautiful view of uh, of Barcelona. Yeah, it's a great city. I've really enjoyed being here. And um, maybe we should describe the scene around us because we are yeah, in... A lot of screaming kids. Yeah, no, but... <laughs> they're, they're getting some of their um, energy out, doing yeah, some climbing right. on school, some logs. The school has just finished, <laughs> I think. You know. So imagine, a year ago, we wouldn't be able to sit here. We're there at were, a crossroads, the, basically, aren't this we? Was just a ro- yeah, no, this was just a road with lots of cars. So over the last year, they transformed this in what we call a super ER, a super, super block, block uh, mm-hmm. road. Not exactly, uh, not the full super block, but uh, so they've taken out the motorized traffic. And now people can walk and cycle here. And also the kids can play here after school. Oh. So here we're on the junction of uh, um, Carré Conseil de Seine and um, Carré Roquefort. And that's what you can see. It's wonderful here, yeah. no? Except these kids are screaming like crazy. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. There, so. They're just excited. They've probably been sat down all day. This is I their know, version of running up Monjou. 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 Damn it. Um, it's, 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 it's one of these things that, uh, you know, you feel sorry for these kids nowadays. <laughs> and the sitting. I mean, that they have to sit the whole day and, you know... It's so lovely for them to be out. Yeah. And like in particular here, we've got also quite a bit of green space. So no, part of the superblocks is actually, uh, you know, that the, the, the motorized traffic disappears, but also put in more green space. Yeah. And the green space is super important, not only just to look at, you know, it's very good, again, for mental health, it relaxes your brain, but also to reduce the uh, heat island effect. Mm-hmm. So in this shade. Ca- yeah, it provides shade and, you know, also a bit of humidity here. Mm. And that uh, makes this area 
quite a bit cooler than if you have mm. a lot of asphalt uh, yeah. that you normally have. So. Have they measured it, the difference in summer? Because it's only been here, what, six months, you said? Six, yeah, six yeah, months it's about ago. five, six degrees difference to wow. other roads. I mean, wow. it goes up to ten, I think, uh, because, times. Wow. Yeah, um, no, it makes a big difference. And here, not, there are not even that many trees. Eh, the that trees still are need to grow that, pretty... Uh, they're kind of... I don't know. They're not. They're obviously not fully grown. They're not small, but they're not big. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's sort of, there's six kind of air little hillocks of uh, planting and soil yeah, yeah. that are fenced off, and um, then the middle is is a sort of fine gravel. Yeah, gravel. So this is also good because the rainwater can go in uh-huh, there. Because yeah. you know the other thing, what's happening? Do you know by the way? I think you get almost as much rain per year in London and in Barcelona. I did not know this. But you know the difference is that in London. You get every day a little bit the drizzle, whatever. Mm-hmm. Here it comes down in one or two hours, oh, and it's completely flooded everything. So, and that you know, if you have asphalt, this in, um, this kind of yeah roads where the water can't go down, it's bad. But like this, I mean, when there is a bit of soil, it can also go down. And here for mm-hmm. this green things, I mean, it also can slowly go away so that's I much see. better i mean it so doesn't it's... overwhelm the drains drainage yeah, system yeah. and everything. yeah that's right that's the we can't swim eh? after this for uh, there's been a lot of rain we never can it swim goes straight the... into the uh, it's sea. overflow and it goes into the beach so you, you're not Same allowed to uh, yeah yeah you're not allowed to swim for three days that uh, really? yeah 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 i mean there's so much rubbish uh, that goes down and uh, wow. through the sewage yeah and, and normally get... they can deal with it but you know here when it rains you can really in one hour you can get so much water coming down it's just incredible I mean that, uh, but now it hasn't been and um, we probably very soon there will be bringing in water by ship from the su- uh, from further down from wow. Valencia because wow. we don't have enough water at the moment wow. the reservoirs are very low um, and uh, we have a desalination plant, but it doesn't produce enough. I mean, to, uh, and so, yeah, no, it's also the last two summers have been super hot. Normally, you've got two uh, two weeks that are too hot, but this uh, this time, you know, we had three months that are way too hot. So, and it becomes a real problem mm. because you know, also when you have these heat waves, you know, this combined with the urban heat island effect. People die as a result. You get heart attacks. You know, it's, yeah. it's pretty bad for your mental health. Yeah. So uh, that's a big problem. We really feel the impacts of, of uh, climate change at the moment. And cities around the world are facing this problem. Maybe it's not to the same extent. And we got a taste of this in the UK last year when it yeah, reached yeah. 41 degrees in London for a couple of days. <clears throat> and when it doesn't cool, cool down at night. And that's when you get the problems. It's a real problem, and you see it in many cities, uh, you know, now yeah. in Europe, and it becomes worse and worse. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's, y- your it's interest is in the sort of intersection between climate change and health. And climate change, health, urban planning, mm-hmm. air pollution. Yeah. Because air pollution, you know, many of the cities uh, yeah. in Europe still have too too much air pollution. We know that in we do this study around a thousand cities. Uh, in Europe, where we look at the impacts of current levels of air pollution, yes. lack of green space, yeah. urban heat island effects, noise, uh, lack of physical activity. And we estimate that every year there are more than 200,000 premature deaths in these thousand cities because of the current air pollution levels. Uh, they're still way too high, they need to be reduced, uh, but they're, not, they're going down a bit, but not fast enough. 
Uh, at the same time, we know we see around 40,000, 43,000 premature deaths because of the lack of green space in cities. And so that's a measurable impact on mortality, a lack of green space. Definitely, what yes, what are the effects? Well, you know, you have to imagine, we as humans, we've been running around for 40,000 years out in nature, and then at once we come in a city where it doesn't feel natural. You know, the, everything is squared in a way that normally we're more used to natural forms. It relaxes us. I mean, when you look to a tree, actually you get this relaxation over you. And it's you a, can almost feel it. I don't know if it's because you're saying it, but when I glanced over to those trees, I almost felt a little thing in my chest like, ah, oh, those exactly. are nice trees. No, no, that's true. So, you know, there are many studies now that show that your brain, you know, certain parts in your brain, just the activity goes down and other parts go up depending what it is so, so you it's related to stress yeah it's related to stress i mean that so you know if you don't get enough green space you may get depressed you may get anxiety you know what the best is just to you know sit down look at a tree and you know you feel yourself relaxed uh, relaxing i mean that uh, you know and if that doesn't help you get on your bicycle and you cycle a long <laughs> way and it's got more or less uh, same effect i mean yeah. that uh, and that's what we need in a way, you know, we need more cities where people can walk, cycle, enjoy green space. And unfortunately, many of our cities, you know, they're too car dominated. I mean, and I put just asphalt, it's all asphalt. We have a lot of cars. I mean, it's not natural for us. It's not good for us. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's why we need to change. That's why we need more super blocks like here. I mean, mm-hmm. we should transform the whole city into this. But yeah. uh, Unfortunately, not everyone agrees. I mean, that's uh, and that's a real shame. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? That, that that does seem to be the one thing. I think the kind of constituent parts, the green space, the more walking and cycling, that you know, the better health. Few people would argue with, but when it comes to actually changing, that's the that's the hard bit for people, isn't it? That's where resistance happens, and I think this has happened in Barcelona, where the Superblocks program has been, am I right, paused. Yeah, unfortunately, yes. So uh, the su- the Superblock program was, to a large extent, promoted by the previous government under Ada Kalau and Janet Sands. And unfortunately, they lost power in the, in the May election. And now we've got a new mayor, and uh, he doesn't believe kind of in the Superblocks. I mean, he's more on the car side. Uh, there's this kind of misconception that if you want to have a lot of commercial activity, that you need to have cars. I mean, it's nonsense. Eh? Most of the research shows the opposite, actually. It's when you make uh, areas more attractive, streets more attractive, more pedestrianized, you get more retail sales, etc. But So the, the kind of practice hasn't caught up with the theory or what we've seen in other studies. And so this uh, mayor thinks that, uh, no, we need to have cars, we need to have activity, people should have the freedom to drive around. It's okay to kill a few people uh, you know, with air pollution and noise and this kind of things. And uh, so it's a real shame. I mean, and so they put in some other programs. They want to put a bit more green space, but not in areas where many people are. Uh, they want to cover the rondas, the ring roads around uh, okay. Barcelona, super expensive and not many benefits. Mm. You know, it's not where people live. What we want is near where people live, mm. green space. You know, that yeah. you step out of your door and you can see green space. Mm. You can walk around in, in, yeah. in, you know, in, a stri- in a street with a lot of trees, mm. no cars, and you enjoy it. That's what yeah. we want in our cities. Because yeah. uh, a lot of, I mean, uh, tourists might know the Ramblers and the 
the kind of narrow parts of the city, but a lot yeah, of it, this sure. this area that we're in, is big blocks. It's kind of American-style street pattern, I guess, or what maybe people would be familiar with as American-style. One big one-way streets, yeah, a lot yeah. of traffic. I was quite surprised, actually, walking around. Some of the roads are very, kind of, very, very car-dominated and very wide and noisy. Yeah, unfortunately, that's what happened, you know, in the... In the 60s, 70s, they thought that the car was uh, great. I mean, originally, you know, the city was designed by Ilde von Sada around 1850 to have these wide open streets with a lot of fresh air that people could walk around and breathe in the fresh air. You know, you had the trams and, uh, you know, before they were living in the, in the Gotico, the old city all crammed together. So he had this vision of making the city healthy, building this extension. Example is the extension. That's what it's called. That's the translation for it. So he envisaged this, you know, where people had these wide streets that could walk around and then so these blocks together, these are these the housing blocks, there would be also shops, there would be work, so it would be this kind of mixed land use. Uh, you would have your doctor there and so you didn't have to go very far, you would live within one neighborhood where you had everything what you could do. I mean it's quite forward thinking. I mean it's what people might call a fifteen minute city or a, well it's mixed mixed use urban planning basically that's right I mean it's the 50 minute city so that's the mm. idea going back you know to that idea I mean that uh, and he was very forward thinking I mean the funny thing is he was an engineer he looked at it from an engineer I mean if you look at his book that he wrote about it he had all formulas for it how to calculate how big the blocks could be and this kind of thing and it's amazing I mean and we lost that and we've lost that over the years to be honest I mean you know yeah. and a lot of what we do in urban planning it's terrible you know we just plan all these uh, houses just one by one by themselves the car in front of the door it causes a lot of sprawl <laughs> yeah. um, and that's that's terrible I mean yeah. I think you know we lost this kind of healthy and it's not healthy this sprawl I mean yeah. as what I said people sit in their car all the day yeah. you know one of the big problems here in Barcelona is of course the cars that you see we get about three, four hundred thousand cars coming into the city every day and, and the outskirts, commuters. Yeah, from the metropolitan area. So these are commuters. So in a way, you know, people here in Barcelona suffer because of that, because they get the air pollution that has been brought in. Um, and there is a metro system, but it doesn't, doesn't go out that far, am I right? It goes out quite far. But, you know, the, the issue is that people... I mean, probably public transport is not enough in a way. But, you know, there is you need to be, make a bit more effort with tra- public transport. Yeah. Typically, wherever you go, public transport takes almost twice as long as going by car. Wherever you go, you know, throughout Europe or whatever, that's normally the general rule. So, okay. And it's also here. I mean, if you come from another little town or city here, probably you can drive in in about 20 minutes or when there is no traffic. Mm-hmm. Normally you end up 30 minutes. If you do it by public transport, it's 40 minutes. Okay. So people that can afford it, and typically what you see these are more middle-aged white men sitting in the car driving in I mean that uh, women tend to use more public transport yeah. poorer people tend to use more public transport yeah. and, and so you get this equity issue there as well I mean that um, it's not fair some people just take over the city by the car it's funny because only one out of four trip is actually by car in Barcelona really? while if you look around you think that everyone so goes by dominant. car yeah, yeah, but that, because they take up so much space. Mm. You know, cars take up so much space so much that space. can be used in a much better way. Yeah. I mean, that I'm always, you know, looking around and I'm thinking, God, look at the streets. If they, just now you got a lot of asphalt, it's hot in the summer. Mm. 
let's imagine if you had lots of, of trees and then you know it would be much cooler there wouldn't yeah. be so much noise no yeah. air pollution uh, much healthier environment that uh, but uh, so we still have a bit of uh, to go but uh, but you know about uh, one out of three trips is by people walking because it's quite a compact city and then a public transport system is very good and very successful yeah. buses uh, metro I mean get you uh, around and it gives you also freedom uh, it's great for the kids I mean I've got a son who's 15 you know you get a travel card 30 euros uh, a one off and then he just can travel all around the city on public transport it gives so much freedom uh, a year no no it's uh, one off just once and when you lose it you need to buy another card wow. but uh, but otherwise up to 16 it's wow. um, I know it's it's, it's it's a bargain, yeah. That, <laughs> but, you know, it gives also the kids freedom. I mean, you know, many parents have to take their kids in the car to whatever. I mean, the kids are always dependent on their parents. And the, the parents complain that they need to take the kids around. Now, I come from the Netherlands, so the kids cycle. Most kids cycle because it gives them freedom, independence. You now, here they use public transport to do this because the cycling is still a bit too, um, too dangerous in a way. Yeah, I did my first trips on a bike in Barcelona today and um, I've obviously seen a lot of bike lanes around. There's quite a few. It seems pretty good to me as a British person, maybe not to you as a Dutch person, but this is a lot of this is quite new and I, as I understand it, a lot of these bike lanes have kind of taken a traffic lane out on some of these wide roads that we've got in the city. You know, over the, under the previous government, they doubled the cycling lanes, the, the kilometres... Uh, I think it goes up to 250 kilometers now around the city. So that, that's very good. And it's not only to increase cycling, but also to make the road smaller for cars. So to slow down, because that's the other fact. Or, you know, before the, the cars had a lot of space and then they speed up. Uh, and so if you make the space smaller for cars by putting in a cycling lane, then there's not as much space. So it's always automatically slow, uh, yeah. slow down. So yeah. that was also one of the benefits for that. But of course, now you can cycle more. But the network is not so good yet because you cycle sometimes. And then at once you're in between a lot of cars. Mm-hmm. They haven't done it. I mean, if you go to Plaza Urquionona, at once you end up in between all the cars, five lanes and cars. I mean, it's, it's scary as a cyclist. I mean... You know, I, I, I don't cycle everywhere. I mean, I've got my own bike, but uh, I've picked my routes. I know where I can go if not too much traffic um, yeah. and where it's a bit more enjoyable. So, yeah. We were talking about um, businesses. Obviously, people are kind of coming to these pedestrianized streets. You said before, this has become a bit of a destination. Uh, if you're having a little walk during the day, maybe if you're working from home, it's just a nice place to come and stroll around. And there is some traffic coming in and out there's some delivery quite a few delivery vans i've noticed yeah. it generally is a very popular street with pedestrians yeah there was recently was a study in i think it was 12 spanish cities where they looked at retail sales in pedestrianized areas you know often people think oh that kind of the thought is generally from ah, if people can't come by car then you know resales uh, uh, sales go down, I mean, because people can't take... Actually, there, what they saw was the retail sales actually went up. You know, people were hanging around, buying more, enjoying these pedestrianized areas. So in that way, you know, if you want to, if you want to do it for retail, just pedestrianize these places, you know, take the cars out. I mean, make it a much nicer environment that yeah. people can hang around. And that's what we said, this Concel de Seine. Now you see a lot of people that just choose to walk here when they go home 
I've spoken to so many people, you know, they need to work somewhere there or they live there. And then they say, oh God, after work, I just walk down, consult the Seine, I walk home because it's just nice, enjoyable. I mean, yeah. it relaxes me. Decompression. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, that, uh, you know, a lot of people have stressful jobs. I mean, yeah. the worst way you can do is step in your car. Uh, you get more stressed, and particularly when you get again trapped in traffic. I mean, that you know it infuriates people often. That, uh, but uh, but it's kind of rush hour now. I guess it's quarter past five. Kids are out of school, and I'm surprised at how busy it is in a way. I mean, I, I think I've come through here before. Or I've seen a couple of these crossroads. I'm not sure. If, I think I oh, know. I did see this particular one because I remember that there's a florist called Laura Floors. But it's really busy. It's amazing. People walking their dogs. Yes, Kids. Yeah, no, that's right. So the schools are out and some of the dads are working. But a lot of people work until 8 or 9, eh? so it's probably gets busier also later. But it's interesting to see when you sit down here uh, how it changes also. Who's sitting down, who's walking around, you know, that's that's the wonderful thing here. That uh, I used to live in Poblenau before there. You've got the Rambla de Poblenau. It's one of my favorite streets in, in Barcelona because... You know, it's pedestrian with a cycling lane on the side. It's a lot of trees, green space. There are shops. People live there. It's a real mixed area. But then if you go a bit in the afternoon, at some states, there are youngsters coming from school. Then you got older people sitting there with all their friends around. And then a bit later is another <laughs> group, kids, uh, moms with kids or so, or dads with kids, you know. Yeah. And so you threw out... Uh, the day you get different groups actually enjoying this these particular spaces i think and that's yeah. that's uh that's so nice because you know there's nothing more important than that people can look at each other and uh, build up some trust i mean if people sitting at home and thinking you know what's going on in the world is terrible it's a good get... point actually i guess people watching does have a purpose it of sort of connects you even in an abstract way if you're never going to see that person again if you look at them and you think oh you know i'm not i'm not the only one living here Oh, that's right. I mean, it builds trust, it builds community feeling. I mean, that, and, you know, that's super important, particularly in our society nowadays where a lot of people sit on social media or watch TV or whatever, you know, and they get all kind of strange thoughts in their head. I mean, and then, you know, you go out, you sit here and you think, oh, there's so many normal people. I mean, people <laughs> like me, I mean. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess the space is, is working well if you are getting these different groups during the day. You've described... Um, streets uh, green areas and services as the hardware of the city and i guess the transport is is how you kind of navigate that which i think exactly. is quite a nice nice way of describing it hardware yeah no that's right i mean it's it's what it is isn't it that uh, you know these this areas and also we definitely need more green in barcelona but mm. but unfortunately also because of the drought they can't water the plants i mean oh i see there's a kind of hosepipe ban yeah 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 and they're having to wash down the streets because it kind of gets smelly if it's not raining, yeah, the kind yeah, of dog, right. dog mess and stuff. That, uh, <laughs> I know, it's a big problem. And the tourists are peeing in the street. Yeah, there's definitely a smell I in know, some corners. It's quite strong. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the Brits have a bit of a reputation. <laughs> we do, we do. It's funny because it's true. <laughs> we do have a bad reputation. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so it seems like a bit of a pause, but maybe in terms of the greening, the, well, the greening of dense residential areas like this one, where everyone's in flats. And um, but perhaps this shows something to other cities about what can be done and the impacts of these kind of measures have if they're if they're yeah, done that's well. Right. You know, I mean, 
Barcelona is a great city, you know, and it can, but it can be even better. I mean, if you saw what was this before and what is now, you feel already so much more energy, the relax, and so you have to realize that people have to go outside here also in the summer because the apartments are fairly small. Mm-hmm. They get very hot. Not many people have air conditioning. Oh, really? Still. So you know, at night people come out and they need to have spaces to go out. Uh, on a summer night, people sit here until 11, 12 o'clock, just, you know, because they can't sit inside. The apartment's small, hot, I mean... So it's, public spaces are very important for yeah. us. I mean, that, uh, and, uh, you know, if you get a big house and a big garden, it's nice, but then you need to be outside the city. You mm-hmm. can't be in the city. That, yeah. And this, we know that this kind of compact living, this kind of uh, apartment building is the most sustainable way of living and that's what we also need I mean, yeah. we need to go much more this way we can't you know rely on people driving around all the time yeah. causing a lot of CO2 emissions I think 25% of our CO2 emissions uh, greenhouse uh, gases are coming from traffic uh, and we need to reduce that yeah. and you know there are very good reasons to doing this uh, because the, otherwise the effects are, are really severe but we also can see the benefits because it would reduce air pollution levels, the noise, um, what is also very important mm. for us, for our health. Yeah, we don't talk about noise very much, do we? Or I think it's one of those things that people don't realise, but it's actually incredibly bad for our health. It's sort of second to air pollution, I've heard. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, I don't know why it is. You know, a lot of people say always, from, oh, you get used to the noise. And actually, you never get used to the no. noise. It's bad for your body. You know, it causes physiological stress responses. Things like strokes, heart attacks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, um, and so you never get used to it. It's only you get used to, you know, you, you realize, though, when it's quiet during COVID time remember then we had the lockdowns and once people yeah. said oh it's so nice to be in the city no noise I mean it's so quiet you can walk around I mean yeah. um, and then for you know everything relaxed and uh, yeah unfortunately it doesn't get um, the attention it deserves a lot, but you know it's difficult because also there's a lot of focus on air pollution and there's so many studies on this and um, there's a whole community working on it and then it's already so difficult to lower air pollution levels Uh, it takes so much effort doing this I mean at the moment we're discussing the ambient air quality directives in uh, Europe I mean and there's going going so much effort in it to try to get tighter limits and you know you only have can allocate so many so much resources so many resources to uh, uh, to this so that uh, and yeah. we're a small community. Yeah, it's it's from the same source, though, isn't it? It's traffic again. It's motor traffic. Traffic, yeah, yeah. But uh, then I must say, sometimes what you get though is like in these areas, uh, we had some complaints also because you get areas that they put cafes outside, mm. and then it's people out at night shouting and mm. this kind of thing. So there are some other sources as well. Okay. And of course, then in some cities, it's also airplanes, it's mm. trains, and this kind of things. But yes, traffic, uh, motorized traffic from cars. I mean, it's one of the main sources yeah yeah and we've got a very noisy moped coming through <laughs> as if to we illustrate have big, we, have a, we have a big problem here <laughs> in barcelona with motors there was once a mayor who thought it was a good idea that people would uh, you know get a motorbike and go around the city so we're the city oh, yeah, with there's the loads most of motorbikes I actually i was wrong it's um it's a delivery cart with noisy wheels this is like my suitcase this sounds like <laughs> my suitcase <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's very noisy, you know, 
but the rubbers uh, come off the wheels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, there are around 300,000 motorbikes uh, in Barcelona, oh, wow. and they're dreadful for noise. They make so much so noise. Noisy. In particular, when you go to the smaller streets, because the, the sound mm. keeps hanging around, bounces up and down. Yeah. And so the street where I live, it's a small street, and you have one motorbike going through, and it's terrible. I mean, yeah. you know, it's. I just hate the thing. It's like a mosquito that you have all the time yeah. around. But then worse, I mean. It, uh, yeah, and some guys uh, get For me, up. I would get rid of them. What, what I don't understand, so I was in China. You go there, and all the motorbikes are electric. Really, already? They're very quiet. Oh, wow. yes, you need to be very careful not to get run over because they're so quiet, you don't oh. hear them coming. But they're all electric, I mean, and I don't know why they don't promote them here much. You can have some of the rental ones here are... Mm. Uh, electric, but they should make them all electric because they're nice, quiet. So many mopeds. I've noticed a lot of moped parking. Just, wrecked, yeah, yeah, just yeah. rows and rows and rows of them. Yeah, I know it's a problem, eh? Because they park where pedestrians are mm-hmm. are supposed to walk. So yeah. in that way, it's um, it's a big problem as well. They take yeah. up space that that shouldn't be. I think the worst is I've never looked into this, but I think the people that have a motorbike tend to have also a car. So it's it's not that they have one or the other. No, they have both of them. That's kind of what I'm thinking. And then you've got a lot of people that have don't have anything. I think half the people living in Barcelona don't own a car. I met someone the other day that had a bicycle that he'd converted to an electric bike that went 50 kph. <laughs> <laughs> he asked if I good. wanted to have a go, and I said, no, I'd rather live, thank you. <laughs> oh, no, that's right. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, electric bikes are good. I mean, because you, you said the Barcelona is flat. Actually, yeah. it's not. When you go to Colcerolo, it goes up slowly. Okay. You know what happened? This is a nice story as well. We have the bike sharing system, the Bising. Yeah. And uh, so it was super successful. So they have the normal one. But what happened was that people would come down from kind of up from oh, Colcerolo yeah. down on the on the bike Never but then they the and they wouldn't bring it back <laughs> so and then now they've made them electric so you can actually it's easy to go back so there are quite a few electric bikes and they're normal bikes but so when people go back normally they take the electric one that because um, you know when it's hot in the summer it's yeah. it's more difficult to cycle eh? you get very sweaty so it's not very nice yeah. but uh, so in that way i think electric bikes are good and get people to cycle but then if you look, for example, the experience in the Netherlands, you know, a lot of people getting now electric bikes and it allows older people also to cycle. I mean, up to 70, 80 now yeah. people cycle. But also as a result, you see many more traffic deaths among cyclists because a lot of the, the older users, I mean, yeah. you know, the bike goes too fast for them. Yeah, they fall off and power, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now the traffic deaths have gone up in the Netherlands because of the use of electric bikes. Didn't realise this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I'd heard, but I didn't, yeah. And the level of uh, physical activity has gone down in the Netherlands because of the electric bikes, because it takes oh, no. shorter time for cycling. That, oh, no. Uh, but aren't people cycling longer, or is it it's not one is not outweighed by the other? No, it's, it appears not to be, that uh, not for the short term, perhaps in the longer term. Because, you know, normally what you get... As with cars, I mean, if you make it easier for people to drive, for example, to a certain place, yeah. they go live further away because yeah. it's cheaper. So yeah. it's always this thing, you know, also for traffic planning. They say from, ah, mm. uh, we make uh, people living, the road gets very busy. Ah, we need to make a bit more road to make it a bit wider or yeah. so. that. And then, you know, for a few years, uh, it's easier to traffic. And then people think, well, oh, I'm going to live a little bit further away because it's easier to come in and... 
so it defies the purpose in a way because you get more and more sprawl people living further away and you get many more kilometers driven so and that's what we've been doing the last 50 years you know building up such a car dependency with how we do the planning with more and more sprawl i mean it's it's terrible i mean that uh and that's why we need to go back more to compact living, to 50-minute mm. cities, to super blocks, you know, yeah. get things much closer together. I mean, Much nicer as well, not having to spend so much time every day commuting, stress, stuck in traffic, sitting down. I Just know, it's, it's terrible. I mean, that we know we did, we did a study, a European study called PASTA. And then, oh, I know uh, PASTA. I've heard of PASTA. You've heard of PASTA? Yes. Oh, that's good. That's famous PASTA. Yes. At, uh, it was a wonderful study that, and we had also a sample of around 10,000 people in, in Europe. And so we had also car drivers, motorists, and cyclists, walking uh, pedestrians, etc. And then we saw also differences because the um, cyclists were less stressed mm-hmm. than the car drivers. Yeah. Also, they were on average four kilos lighter than the car drivers. So you're comparing? Explain for people who haven't who haven't heard of pasta. So PASTA was a study in seven cities in, in Europe where we looked at uh, sustainable uh, transport practices. And then for each city, we interviewed around 2,000 people and followed them up over time to see, you know, what were they doing, how were they getting around, what were they using, car, um, public transport, cycling to get around and to their work or other destinations. And then also we did some health measures. I mean, we looked at uh, mental health, we looked at weight and this kind of things. And uh, so we got a much better picture now why people were using uh, public transport or active transportation, that was our goal. But then also the differences, what was the impact on their mental health, on their weight. Um, So it was a very interesting and important study. So we got much more insight what is needed. And one of them was also... What we did in Pasta, we looked in 167 cities, the relationship between the availability of cycling infrastructure. So we looked at it, how much cycling infrastructure is there in kilometers per 100,000 people and the mode share of cycling in the city. So how many people were actually cycling versus car. And what we saw that up to about 25% mode share of cycling, so one out of four trips by cycling, there was a direct relationship between the availability of cycling infrastructure and people cycling. Wow. So, you know, what tells me is that you need to have safe cycling infrastructure for people to get people cycling. If you don't have that, forget about it. People are too scared uh, to get run over, to get yeah. an accident. Uh, yeah in this way that and so you need to build this infrastructure and that was the reason why many cities actually building cycling infrastructure so over the last 10 years we've seen a real increase in many cities unfortunately we see now a little bit the opposite a number of cities have been taken over by right-wing political parties or planning even to take away cycling lane that's crazy i mean i want to give space back to the car and again i mean so we're going back in in, in time for this i mean and maybe we it's know a case of two steps forward one step back exactly but let's hope that people choose um, to go the healthy way and just yeah. keep the cycling uh, path and and enjoy what it is and, and you know reduce car use yeah. uh, so your your latest research is going to be out when your that your thousand cities oh the thousand cities is ongoing it's coming at every six months we have another paper on this um, 
So it's at the moment uh, we have some funding from the European Commission under the Horizon project. And so we have a project called uh, UBD Policy. If you want to look at the website, ubdpolicy.eu, uh, you can get all the information on the thousand cities that we look at, the estimates on, on health. Also, we're having a number of case city studies where we look at the practices, talk to stakeholders, see what would they would like to have. Uh, we try to model the different uh, scenarios for the future, see what are the impacts on health. Um, so it's a larger program. And, uh, you know, being in academia, being in research, we need to keep publishing papers. So keep looking out for them. Really good to papers. <laughs> I heard you were one of the top 1% of cited scientists in the world or researchers in the world. Yeah, supposedly that... Uh, the, there are around 7,000 of, of us around the world, so I'm one of them, but um, I don't know. Uh, but Busy. You know, it's not how much you publish, it's how good the publications are as well and how important it is. And what I like about also the Thousand Cities is that it can have a real impact on practice, and I think that's very important. Uh, you know, nowadays a lot gets published, but not always has an impact on society well i believe what we're producing the health estimates before cities said oh we don't have health estimates you know related to air pollution in our city or yeah. to our you know other things what's happening in the city and now actually we have we have a website cities can go and have a look to see what is the impact on mortality related to air pollution in the city how many deaths do you are there as a result so they can then build up policies to reduce the number of deaths uh, in the city and I think that's quite important Could you um, take a scheme like this like this square with the trees and the, removing the paving and say if we were to do this to another block what would the health impact be? So we did a, a study a few years ago what if we would implement 500 superblocks mm. so the, the person behind us uh, Salvador Rueda envisaged to have 500 superblocks here in Barcelona at the moment, we are free, by the way. Wow. But we did a modeling exercise from if they would be all implemented. So we modeled, we saw traffic reduction, air pollution reduction, uh, more physical activity, more green space. And we estimated that you could prevent almost 700 premature deaths each year here in Barcelona if you would implement all the 500 superblocks. Wow. That's a lot, eh? There's so many. That's so many people's lives. Yeah, yeah. And then it's not only, you know, people's life. You have to also think what are the impacts on children. I mean, it's our future generation. Because, you know, so many people get childhood asthma as a result yeah. of air pollution. We know that a third of cases of, of childhood asthma as a result of air pollution in Europe. We know there are 200,000 cases, new cases of, uh, of childhood asthma because of air pollution in Europe. Uh, here in the city we see... Every year, 200,000? Yeah, 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 it's a large number, wow. eh? Here we see around a thousand cases, new cases of childhood asthma each year because of air pollution. But we also see the impacts on the brain. We know that the brain development is, is worse if you're exposed to higher air pollution levels. And, uh, you know, there's about a 5-6% difference in, in working memory or superior working memories. These are measures of, of uh, how, how good your brain is uh, working, what we see in children. We also now know that children that are exposed to higher air pollution levels tend to be a bit fatter as well. So there are many impacts on children, and this is our future generation. We should preserve them. We should preserve their brains. Yeah. No, that I mean yeah. that's what we need in the future. Yeah. I mean that. Uh, challenging times ahead. So exactly. I mean that we need more and more that. Uh, 
And so that's why it's very important to reduce the air pollution levels. And we know that the opposite is also that, for example, if kids are exposed to more green space, they have a much better brain functioning. So, and that's, you know, that's why we need the green space as well. Yeah, I feel like it's better for my brain. And here comes Mr. Trolley with his trolley. <laughs> I know, he's, he's making a lot of noise. No? That, uh... This is literally what I'm like with my um, suitcase, wandering through. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so it's also in the street where you have the tiles. The make tiny noise. tiles are so noisy. <laughs> I'm surprised that he doesn't have any, uh, you know, ear protectors on that. I, I wonder why they always need to make this wheel so hard. Because if you get soft little wheels, then they won't make no, well, any noise. Noisy. It's just this hard and hard surface. I maybe mean, you wouldn't notice it on a on a busy street. I'm not sure. Or yeah. maybe whoever's making them doesn't have to use them. <laughs> no, that was really interesting. It's really interesting to talk to you and to hear about what's happening here in Barcelona and how it might apply to yeah, yeah. different places around the world. Well, it's, at the moment we're having Barcelona, but it applies to many cities yeah. in the world. And, you know, many cities are still being built as well. And I think we need to know, have more information uh, and making sure that we build more sustainable cities, livable yeah. cities, healthy cities. I yeah. mean... And also there's a lot of um, misinformation around some of these changes and so having this granular detail, being able to say if you do X, the impact on people's health will be Y. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's very important. I mean, I know, uh, you know, if you look at the UK, if you look at London with the low traffic neighbourhoods, I mean, there's so much to do around them. It's just crazy. And now I saw the latest research coming out uh, showing that, you know, there's a halving of the traffic within the low traffic neighborhoods and there is no increase on the on the boundaries mm-hmm. so you know a lot of people say it's going to be displacement it's actually not i yeah. mean if they if take away space from cars people just don't go there anymore but also don't go on other places i mean they stop traveling by uh, mm-hmm. by cars so yeah. i think that's quite important i mean it's got benefits for everyone yeah. Um, yeah, and there's still a lot of misconceptions, as what I said before, with retail sales, you know, that uh, traffic gets displaced, I mean, yeah. uh, that people can't get to their work anymore, and it is not true, I mean, and, you know, you saw the same with the ultra-low emission zones in London, also a lot of uh, puha around it, and... Uh, so many people against them, I mean, it affected only a very small part of the population, there was a yeah. very vocal part that was speaking up, and like it was like everyone was against it but you know most people benefited from it i mean it's better for their health and now it's been implemented it's gone quiet and i think you i think sometimes you just need to see it for yourselves i think people don't really believe until they see something like it's hard to sit here now and imagine with surrounded by trees and greenery and people walking down the middle of what would have been a road trying to imagine it full of traffic and i'm sure before when it was full of traffic it would have been very hard to imagine it as it is today but this is yeah, this is how it works. <laughs> yeah, no, that's how it works. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, I find it still hard. You know, I came here a year ago and there were still lots of cars flying through. If you go to the next street, you still see an awful lot of cars go- going through. And that was how it was before. Um, of course, you know, it's also, by the way, it's not cheap eh, to no. transform this. I mean, that I think the whole thing cost about 50, 60 million. Wow. I mean, because the materials are good, aren't they? I mean, established trees like this, they're not massive trees, but they're pretty big. Yeah. They cost a lot of money. They need watering. A lot of street trees die before they establish yeah, themselves. Yeah. Really nice paving slabs, these beautiful stone paving slabs. There's a lot of thought was going into this. Yeah. There was a committee set up looking mm-hmm. at everything. 
I mean, I was part of it. Uh, I was supposed to do the health. I mean, that I didn't have much to say because there were a lot of urban planners, engineers there that were much more vocal in this kind of things. And every little piece that was discussed, planned or whatever, because also it's not only what's happening above ground, also underground. There's a lot of things going on underground, so you can't just change it in one go because, you know, you can't plant the tree because then the leaves can't go any for a word or... Uh, or they destroying something so yeah no it's 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 very complicated eh? yeah. um, I think this was paid for by the next generation funding you know under this what okay. came and so that that's the kind of positive side of it yeah. I mean. but when you hear you've done a great job I yeah, know it's great it's a really no, great job for that uh, you could sit, just sit here the whole night yeah. you know see what's happening <laughs> that uh, people watching uh, people watching exactly <laughs> that uh, see what's happening what's happening to their life god it looks like we don't have a life i mean just look. <laughs> this is quite nice it's very know. relaxing you've got some trees to look at yeah 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 <laughs> reduce our stress levels yeah i, I must i always wonder though because now you see a few cyclists go if there's going to be some conflict when you get too many cyclists because mm. you know it's, it's still barcelona's a lot pedestrian yeah yeah and then uh, sometimes you know if the cyclist goes too fast and uh, I must say, I was last week. I was in Utrecht in the Netherlands, you know, and there you got so many cyclists. Pedestrians almost don't have a chance. Yeah, uh, I think 80% of trips in Utrecht are now by uh, cycling. Wow. That was also quite different 30 years ago. I remember that 30, going 30 years ago, still a lot of cars, and now you go there and you think, wow, how is this possible? Such a big change, and it's such yeah. a wonderful city. It's, uh, it's a great it's, place to cycle. I've been there yeah, and bike. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you need to cycle pretty fast. You need to keep up with the rest. I mean, that, uh, but I think, it, it's I think it was Utrecht. I got a backy on. I got to ride on the back of someone else's bike, a local's bike, on the pannier rack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was fun. No, yeah. but I mean, I think it's for me also one of the examples how cities can change for the better. I mean, yeah. that, uh, and of course, it's a bit easier. It's uh, it's a big student town. You know, it's quite progressive, and all the students voting. The, the left, the greens, um, so that makes it a bit easier. It's a bit more stable. I mean, I was talking to the one of the council members last week. We had the Healthy Cities Conference there. That's why I was there. And she was saying, yes, we could do this because, you know, we've been in power for 16 years. It takes a lot of time to make changes. But if you stay in power all the time, then you can actually make the changes. You can make plans. And this is what we've seen here in Barcelona now with the change. You know, Ada Calau was in power for eight years. It took her four years to learn how to govern, how to, you know, pull the different leverages. And then the second term, she started doing things. And now we get a new marriage, different plans, and he just... You know, everything was going on, he just changed it. I mean, and stupid. I mean, it shouldn't happen, I mean... Yeah, I don't know how. I don't know what the solution to that is, <laughs> but I guess um, I guess that's democracy for you. Yeah, but you know, it's democracy by three hundred votes or so. Or was it a really narrow election? It was very narrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's they, a shame. Uh, I know that's right, and that's when such you a look, big impact. Those three hundred votes. I know it's crazy when you think about it, because eh? you know this we're sitting now at a few streets. I mean, this was going to be two, three times as big. Wow. If they would have come back, I mean, uh, perhaps they're still coming back in a few years. But uh, when people, I think, when people experience this more and more, I mean, I must say there's a bit of jealousy, yeah, because the people in the next street don't like it as much. Because yeah. they say, oh, look at this, you, the next street is nice, and uh, mm-hmm. 
Thank you so much, Mark. It's been so nice to talk to you and really interesting. Lovely talking to you and I hope that you enjoy your uh, bike, that you get to uh, (laughs) cycle a bit more. You've been listening to Streets Ahead. Our editor has been Claire Mansell. Let us know what you think at Pod Streets Ahead. Rate and review us and share the podcast with anyone you think might enjoy it. You can now also become a supporter on Patreon. Links for that and many of the things we've discussed in this episode are in the show notes. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.